Well, good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we're really glad that you're here today, especially if you're visiting with us for the baptism. We're just delighted uh, you're here. Sir Isaac Newton, of discovering the laws of gravity fame, he proposed that the world worked like a great clock, right? A collection of gears and levers that act in reasonably predictable ways. His was a neat and tidy physics. However, with the discovery of subatomic particles, the electron, scientists have learned that the universe operates much more like a human body than like a great clock. It's simply not possible to understand the different parts without understanding the whole. And you can't even observe an electron without impacting the way that it acts. Everything's in a fantastic web. So that when a butterfly beats its wings in Argentina, or a toddler trips in Nigeria, the effects ripple out across the globe in not entirely predictable ways. Quantum physicists call this chaos theory. The early Christian writer Paul had a different name for it, the body of Christ. We're spending five weeks looking at the work of the Holy Spirit and what tangible difference the Spirit makes in our lives. And if you've been with us since Easter, you'll remember after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven to be with God the Father. And then 50 days later at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given as a gift to those earliest followers of Jesus. Fast forward a few years, and the writer Paul connects all the dots and writes to the Christian community in the Greek city of Corinth that the purpose of the Holy Spirit being poured out is so that individual followers of Jesus are united around the world as the body of Christ. You see, with Jesus now physically ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit has got a job to do to turn us into the body of Jesus on earth, to be Jesus in the world, to do what Jesus does, say what Jesus says, love as Jesus loves. And it's a pretty easy image to understand because we've all got bodies, right? We, we understand our need for feet to get anything done. We know that losing our appendix is no big deal. Who knows what our mitochondria do? And we understand that your hands are pretty key. But what if it wasn't just an image? What if it wasn't a metaphor that Paul was using? What if it is a metaphysical reality? What if Paul wasn't using poetic language, but stating something concrete, something that whether you're spiritually searching today, asking questions, or you're already a disciple of Jesus, that it's gonna impact your life as much as the reality of death and taxes. The last verse in a reading that Aaron read for us today is actually remarkable. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Notice that Paul doesn't say that the Holy Spirit makes us like the body of Christ, right? Like that would be a metaphor. No, he says you are the body of Christ. What does Paul mean? What difference does it make? Well, we're going to quickly look at three things that the Holy Spirit does when the Spirit is building the body of Christ. First is the Spirit brings unity. Second, the Spirit gives diversity. And third, the Spirit builds dependence. 
And we're going to see how those three things, unity, diversity, dependence, uh, impact us. So first, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, brings unity. The opening line of our reading, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we're all made to drink of the one Spirit. What's going on here? Well, what's going on here at the minimum and the maximum is what we're about to do in just a few minutes in baptism. At the minimum, what the Holy Spirit is doing is creating a community, both local and global, that includes every possible kind of person. Like, pick anyone by social status, sexuality, education, attractiveness, pick anyone. And the Holy Spirit is creating a community where all these people are united through baptism into a community called the body of Christ. And it's a global community that has branch offices all over the world, and we just happen to be sitting in my personal favorite branch. At the minimum, that is what the Holy Spirit is doing which is different than what's happening at your local elementary school, hockey club, political party, at the Granite, or your cycling club. At the minimum, the Holy Spirit is creating a community where through repentance and baptism, all can belong. All have equal dignity. That's the minimum that the Holy Spirit is doing today. At the maximum, the Holy Spirit is spiritually uniting every baptized person to Jesus Christ. And we're all going to have front row seats in a few minutes as it happens. As babies, teens, and adults are going to put to death their old lives without God at the center. And this death is going to be symbolized by being drowned with water. And then they're going to be raised again to new life with Jesus at the center. And their star is going to be hitched forever to Jesus' wagon, united with him. And Paul states this just as a fact. That's what baptism does to you, both at a minimum and at a maximum. Whether you feel it or not, whether you like each other or not, you're the body of Christ, period. There's nothing you can do about it. United to Jesus. Because at baptism, the same Holy Spirit is poured into each of our lives. So if you don't want to be part of a global family uh, learning how to follow Jesus, don't be baptized. And if you don't want to be part of a countercultural local family learning to love like Jesus right here in the heart of the city, don't be baptized. So the Spirit brings unity. The Spirit also gives diversity. Diversity. Toronto's arguably the most ethnically diverse city on the planet. That's one of the reasons it's such a great place to live. But Paul is talking about a different kind of diversity. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, but one body. Well, the baptized everywhere are united, whether we like it or not. It doesn't mean we're all the same 
or we have the same function or gifting within the body of Christ. Paul's claiming that when the Holy Spirit is the author, unity and diversity are not contradictory terms. That's what true in our physical body, right? Like we're all made up of different parts, uh, but we're one body, is the same in the Christian community, the church. The same way that my physical body is only going to survive if I'm made up of different parts, right? Like 10 kidneys but no arms is not going to get me very far. In the same way, the health and vitality of any Christian community relies not on our sameness, but on our beautiful variety. Some are feet, some are hands, with the Holy Spirit giving us all different talents and skills. And practically, this diversity means that each and every one of you has equal dignity and worth in this community, whether this is your very first Sunday or you've been here since the day you were baptized. Equal dignity, equal worth. No need to earn your points, take your place in the line. And if you don't feel like that, if you've not felt valued and honored in who you are and the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you, then we're doing it wrong here. Please tell us. And because we've been given a diversity of gifts by the Spirit, we need everyone to be playing their part. Too often the local body of Christ, right, the church, it's kind of like a hockey game. 40 people on the ice, badly in need of a rest, being watched by 40,000 people badly in need of exercise. And when you're baptized and the Holy Spirit is poured into your life, you're joining a team. You're not becoming a solo touring artist. We all need the spiritual exercise of using our talents and skills. And if you're not using yours here because you haven't felt valued or you actually don't know what they are, speak to the people in your connect group or one of the clergy. Because here at St. Paul's, we follow five ancient spiritual practices, our rhythm of life. And rhythm number three is service. Using the diverse gifts and talents that the Holy Spirit gave you at your baptism to serve. We will be a healthy, vibrant, and growing church to the same degree that the diversity of spirit-given gifts is released in this place, both physically here at St. Paul's, but also at St. George's by the Grange, as we prepare to start a new Christian community there. Now, I've made the diversity of gifts the Spirit gives sound fantastic. Unity, diversity, it's like a campaign slogan, motherhood and apple pie, what's not to love? Well, you and me, that's what's not to love. The problem when you get baptized is that whether you like it or not, you're automatically part of the body of Christ, which has a diversity of spirit-equipped people in it. One is uh, really friendly, but he could talk for 20 minutes without asking you how you are, while another has been so damaged by life that everything he says has an edge. One's always bragging about how successful their kids are, so the other parents want to stab her. And another serves the wine at communion, but goes home and trolls people at night on the internet. Thankfully, the third thing that the Holy Spirit produces in the body of Christ is dependence, dependence. 
The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. The simple fact is that we need each other. We've been designed that way, and it's incredibly irritating because independence sounds so much stronger and sexier than dependence. In his book, The Company of Strangers, Parker Palmer defines community as this. Community is that place where the person you least want to live with always lives. And if that person moves away, someone else irritating always arrives to fill the hole. I'm not looking at anybody. What better way, what better way than to give ourselves up to the shaping power of the Holy Spirit over our character than God forcing us through our baptism to have to be part of a community where you've got to depend on the gifts and talents of other people, some of whom really annoy you. What small but important way to share in the sufferings of the global body of Christ where most Christians live with persecution in the midst of warfare and hunger than to be part of a local connect group and let yourself be the person that someone else depends on for prayer, for encouragement. And there are two errors that Holy Spirit-designed dependence helps us resist. And the first is thinking that we don't need anyone else. Well, that, my friend, is pride. And pride leads to arrogance and isolation and loneliness and thinking that everyone else is financially supporting the local church or serving in different ministries so you don't need to. And the second error is thinking that we've got little to offer and that the body of Christ being part of a church is simply a spectator sport. No. The Holy Spirit is creating a united community with a diversity of gifts that forces us to be dependent on each other, to rely on and cherish one another. I need you. We need each other. Today at both our services, we are baptizing up a storm. 19 souls being united with Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection. 19 people having the Holy Spirit lavishly poured onto them, giving them a diversity of gifts. 19 people who you and I need and who depend on us. If you're spiritually searching today, if you've got questions, as you can tell from the existing team membership, God has marvelously low standards. You would be so welcome to join. We need you. The company of the baptized is getting bigger today, being the physical body of Jesus here in the heart of our city and around the globe. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Thanks be to God. Amen.